You're listening to a bonus episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Enjoy. Where's Aunt Claire? 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. But it's alive! And everyone on the planet is going to line up to appreciate it and everything done. People would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? Are, are these characters uh, auto-erotic? No, no, no. Come on! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brad Jost, and today we're going to do a little bit something special. I have a few different voicemails here from Fede. Um, They've been sitting in our inbox for a little while, and um, he originally sent them in, and we were going to cover them in the mailbag, but since Jen doesn't really have a a huge wealth of knowledge on the scores and the soundtracks, um, I kind of just decided to tackle this by myself. I was looking to put it in an episode coming up, but uh, you know what? I felt like it's been long enough, so why don't we just get this uh, these played on here and uh, stop wasting time, you know, because uh, he's got some good questions in here, some good thoughts, and I really wanted to get them out there. There are uh, a few different ones, and some of them are a little bit, not you know, a few minutes long, not too bad. Um, but we're going to play some music. We're going to listen to what he has to say. I'm going to try to comment as best as I can, follow up on some of those things, because like I said, they've been in here for a little while, so it dates back to some of the stuff we talked about on one of the previous mailbags. I forget which one specifically. Sorry, Fede, it's been a while. I know, uh, my fault. But um, today we're going to get into it, and um, I'm glad to bring it to you guys. So if you guys want to follow him, first off, he is at OwenPratt93 on Twitter. Go follow him. Hear what he has to say on there, and now let's take a listen to what he has to say uh, here on the podcast. Hi, Brad, and uh, hi, Jen, if uh, Jen is there too. Nope, she's Um, not here. (laughs) I wanted to thank you uh, for uh, mentioning me in the other podcast about the fifth score. When Brad said, oh, we should talk with someone about uh, about fifth score, but who we can find to talk about it? And uh, I was thinking, oh, well, it will be so interesting to talk about it. I will, I will do it. And then Jen said, uh, oh, yeah, that, that Fede guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she, she said my name. So, yeah, um, Brad mentioned that for a problem of time zones, seems I'm here in Italy. And also, I, I'm sorry for my English, which is kind of poor. It's like, I, I realize maybe it all a bit like uh, you know like Bayona when uh, he talks you you understand that is not English it's Spanish it talks <laughs> in this way so <laughs> so I, I like him uh, but uh, a bit worse since I don't know all the terms anyway um, hold on Fede have you listened to the mailbag before I don't know all the terms either I'm constantly messing everything up but <laughs> let's get back into it <laughs> I'm I wanted to talk about uh, about the score, and uh, I will send you maybe more than one uh, voicemail because I I think you this check will that? be too long to listen uh, in just one uh, voicemail, and I don't want to uh, annoy people <laughs> who's listening. Oh no, we're gonna annoy everybody. We're playing all three right now. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. <laughs> So, um, first thing is about the Jurassic World Suite by Michael Giacchino at the the 50th um, uh, birthday uh, concert in London. So, um, you, Brad, said, uh, I actually didn't expect that you uh, uh, wouldn't like the 
the sweet. I mean, I, I guess you like, I kind of liked it, but you were also disappointed by it. I I loved it, but I can see where it came from. I mean, there's that transition you you talked about uh, between the what what I call the f uh, family theme uh, to the um, uh, park theme, the main theme of Jurassic World, which is beautiful. And yeah, there's like that tempo problem. There's the piano that <laughs> is like running is really fast. The rest is perfect to me. Yes, uh, there was that strange, <laughs> awkward moment of the T-Rex. That was actually a beautiful idea. Like, like these uh, posters, these bl new Blu-ray posters for the Jurassic Park trilogy. Like, they were great ideas to me, but poorly executed. <laughs> and same here. Uh, you know, you see the the final of the of the suite with this T-Rex roaring um, um, on the helipad. You know. But it was <laughs> the wrong time. It finished ten, uh, like ten seconds before the end of the suite. So yeah, it, it was like a strange moment. But still, I think the the suite was awesome. Another thing, uh, for example, uh, as the Jurassic World turns. Let's pause it there. Um, if you guys don't remember, a bunch of episodes back in the mailbag, um, I forget if somebody brought it up or I mentioned it to Jen. But Michael Giacchino had celebrated his 50th birthday, and at this concert that they held, um, there was a, a conductor performing all of, or a lot of like Michael Giacchino's work from different movies. And they got to Jurassic World. They played like an, a really nice suite of different you know arrangements and everything. And they got to um, Nine to Survival Job, and they were they were playing that track. And then, they, like he said in in this voicemail, that there's that transition between. Um, the family theme and then like the park slash island theme of Jurassic World and there's this like piano motif in the middle there that kind of just wanders slowly and and, and softly in the actual score and I brought, I brought both of them up here so we can take a listen and compare the two um, so the first one well you know what why don't we um, why don't I play the original one first? We'll try that one just so you can kind of hear uh, what that transition is. So let me see if I can bring it up, find it here. Just give me one second. So it's here's the music. So this is the beginning, but um, oh, I love this. I love this song so 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 much. Um, but back in the or at the end of the song. Sorry, I'm wandering here. I'm trying to figure this out. It's around here. Uh, oh, nope, too far. Yeah, so right here. I'm going, keep going, keep going. Okay, so this transition, right here. You hear how slow that is? Dun, 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 dun. It's kind of like... Very slow. Dun, 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 dun. So... You get this lead in here, and then it goes into the full uh, orchestra. So you know how that goes. So let's check out the live performance now. Uh, this is brought up uh, from Sunny Bell's YouTube. So um, we played this one before, I think, on the on the podcast. So let's uh, check out that transition here. It's normal, normal still, but then here it is, right here. 
hear how fast he's playing that? It's much faster instead of Sorry for my rambling music uh, playing with my mouth, but uh, that's the best I could do for this moment. I don't have my piano out. At, uh, it's over there, but um, so you get what I'm saying here is is this live performance was like double time. They just doubled down. It was like instead of that so it just was way more relaxed on the original score. So I don't know what happened here. The conductor is is conducting in that in that faster pace. So I think it's on him to be honest, or maybe because I know when they perform to to uh, like a screen or something like that, there's usually like um you know, a, a bar or something in front of them that's kind of, you know, transpiring as the song is going on so that they ca stay in tempo with what's on the screen. So I don't know what happened, but something happened because when it got to the end of the song, um, it, it played out exactly the way it does in the movie where the T-Rex is, is wandering up on top of the building and just roars and, and all that stuff. But when the screen like goes black and all that, the music was still going and it, it just didn't it didn't work out right it just kind of looked silly and i watched a bunch of the other performances and everything else was like spot on everything sounded fantastic um but for some reason that just messed up there but aside from that moment i did really like um what they did here it does sound really good the quality is great except for that moment it just oh it just bugged me um but <laughs> i know i know i'm weird but uh let's get back into his uh voicemail here i love that track of course but in this suite it felt even better to me because like the sound of the trumpets I, I actually uh, love the score of course Michael Giacchino but I think oh, the yeah. problem with the score if I had to find the problem and be and being nitpicky uh, is that uh, unlike John Williams score which uh, is of course great composition but also uh, the sound of it is beautiful and natural. Michael Giacchino's score sometimes feel a bit artificial. I think it's not uh, Giacchino's score uh, fault, but it's maybe the sound designer's fault, I guess, or the sound mixing or something mm -hmm. like that. Like the trumpets feel like too artificial in some points, especially in uh, as the Jurassic World turns. Uh, while in the suite, of course, because it's played uh, by an orchestra in live so that sounds much more natural and I loved it hmm. uh, I loved also how they use the the first theme the Indominus theme this is a fantastic theme oh yeah it sounds there it so is. ominous and uh, I well I, <laughs> the only thing I disliked about those little flows that you mentioned is that uh, they didn't put there the Ingen's theme or Oskin's theme which is I think is absolutely fantastic theme. okay I'm gonna pause it right there because uh, I want to touch on that um, bit where he mentioned it sounding um, not fake but like inauthentic or, or something like that didn't sound as good as the Jurassic Park one um, and I get it I actually really get his point here um, because when I first heard the Jurassic World score, I almost thought that same thing. It didn't feel as real, almost as if it was 
synth based or something like that like it was played with a, a keyboard or, or or created in the computer some of those those higher um you know trumpets and whatnot the brass they all sounded a little fake to me at first but i don't know I, that that notion just kind of drifted away um you can hear it listen to them i don't know if it's the fact that you know, over the years, the recording quality has certainly changed. It doesn't sound as raw and natural. Like, with the Jurassic Park score, you can feel that score. You feel it. You can hear, like, the room. You can hear them recording it, essentially. You can hear people shuffling papers and, and um, you know, almost like, <clears throat> like clearing throats and all that stuff in the background. It's so real. Um, this one... I thought it didn't have a lot of those moments either, but after listening to it very carefully, and certainly with headphones, you can pick out moments like that more. But I, I grew to appreciate this score a lot more. Um, so I, I get what you're saying there, that it sounds a little fakish at times, but um, I don't know. I think it's just just the day that we live in. You know, things are a little bit different now. Um yeah, I've got no explanation for that. Maybe somebody else who has a, a better knowledge of recording process and, and uh, the way things are done today could uh, give a little insight, but, but that's not me. Um, and then you brought up the InGen theme. That thing, yeah, that is a great theme, man. And it does stink that they, uh, you know, they didn't bring it up here in the um, in the show. But if you listen to, like, uh, Pavane for a Dead Apatosaurus, around the, like, three-and-a-half-minute mark... We get this awesome, like very retro, um, sounds like the 60s or 70s, um, like a Henry Mancini or Lalo Schifrin or something like that. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It just sounds like an adventure theme from like the 60s. I don't know. I love it so much. You know, it, I don't know why. It really gives me like a a Johnny Quest vibe or something. <laughs> you guys remember that like old cartoon? I don't know why, but it, it I feel like it gives me that kind of vibe. I'm, I could be completely wrong, but let's uh, let's jump back into his voicemail here. Theme and it really really feels like a uh, military march. Oh yeah. But it's also there's also some kind of evil in there. And it's uh, absolutely fantastic to me. And uh, another f thing, the last thing <laughs> for uh, this uh, long, long message uh, is that um, I don't know if you ever noticed, but I noticed that the Indian's theme and the Raptor or Owen's theme has like this, the same chords, uh, chords or chords, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> chords, yeah. Together, identical, but the one feels my, like more uh, mi militarized, and the other one seems like wild. I think it, but but it's the same chord progression. So I think that's an interesting choice by Michael Giacchino. It's like the two sides of the same coin. Now, um, yeah, man, this voicemail is <laughs> way too long, but maybe um, I, I do my apologize. <laughs> But I wanted to be the um, uh, a guest in your uh, in your podcast, so I can't because of the time zone problem. Maybe one day we will manage to fix this. But um, 
I will send you this long <laughs> uh, voicemail, so I think it's uh, a temporary solution to that. <laughs> and thank you very much. I will maybe send you other voicemails, hopefully a bit shorter, because I think uh, the listeners are already annoyed. See <laughs> 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 um, you, and thank you. Dude. No, nobody's annoyed. Come on, it's fine. And and you wanted to be a guest, but guess what? I, I'm like giving you this whole bonus episode here since it is tough, man. I, I, I feel really bad. We got to do this sometime and actually record together. But yeah, like you said, in Italy, it's like, oh, I don't know how to make this work. Sometimes it's it's tough making it work with like our contributors out in the UK and, and stuff like that. It's always tough. We have to figure out a special time to record, which is very rare. So everybody's like off doing their own thing. So And it's funny because like half the time I don't even record with most of the people on this podcast. So I'm still like finding people that I've never recorded with you know, before. So this is a first for me and you. Um, so like you said here about um, like Owen's theme and, and the InGen theme that, yeah, they definitely do have that same vibe. Um, like here's Chasing the Dragons. Um, you guys know this. It's it's very similar to that, what he just said, that, um, that March, but it's not March-like. It's more aggressive and it's more like in your face. Um, and yeah, as we get on here, let's see. So right here, this moment, it does sound a lot like that InGen theme, but faster or something like that, right? Something, yeah, you're right. It is something wild about it. Something adventurous for sure. I mean, I described the other one as adventurous too, but this one's adventurous in like... um a very upbeat way, a very, um, you know, like the good guy way. The uh, the other one is not so much. Uh, let me try to find that one again. Um, that was in this track here. So here it is. Hopefully you can hear all this stuff, all right? Dun, 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 so, so yeah, it is very similar. But this one's like a little bit slower or more relaxed and march-like. Obviously, the snare drums in the back and the bass drums and all that. Um, and the crashing cymbals. It's very march-like. And that's because it's militaristic. And we see the military, the InGen military, essentially coming on to the island at these moments and just doing their own business. And Owen is, is also militaristic in a way, but he's more wild and doing his own thing. Uh, so that's a very awesome point that you brought up, and I was—I'm kind of impressed that I was able to sing that uh, "Chasing the Dragons" and listen to that one at the same time. Wow, giving myself a hand—so <laughs> stupid. All right, so let's take a listen to uh, your second voicemail. Hi, Brad. Um, hey, hey, Fede. My second question is a really brief question this time, and I wanted to ask you: What do you think about the Jurassic Park three? score because i think it's really really underrated just because it's not john williams or michael giacchino then everyone seems like to snap that score but i think it's it's really great i mean it it doesn't have the great themes of uh, jurassic park or the lost world or, uh, or jurassic world but still it it has the feel of a jurassic park movie in my opinion uh, it really 
it really is beautiful to me that score i i listened to to that score recently and wow i was surprised i was shocked at how good it was just like um, think about the beginning the very beginning of the movie when there's the logo universal logo that music is scary is great to me and i wanted to to ask you what you think about the jurassic park pre-score because like it's like <laughs> no one ever talk talk about it and second thing um, what is your favorite jurassic world theme by michael giacchino just my curiosity thank you all right man so jurassic park 3 i mean i've talked about it a little bit here and there it's probably been a while since i really heavily touched upon this score but i i do like it but a uh, big caveat there because i don't love it um and i i describe it this way because i think it's the best way to describe it is that don davis felt like he was trying to copy john williams and try to replicate him a little too much he he didn't necessarily create his own path as much as I would have liked. Um, the times that he did create his own path, I absolutely love. I have a few tracks here queued up. Um, so let's take a listen because this one is probably my favorite. Well, this first one you hear is the track that you just mentioned uh, under the very beginning of the movie. It's very ominous, but um, go, going back to that beginning, I, I do want to touch on this before I get into my picks here. Um, this moment I never really loved this sound sort of like you said for Jurassic World it always kind of sounded fake to me or something like that I don't know how to describe it but it just didn't feel right something about this actually the intro of this movie in general doesn't really feel right to me always um, whether it's the restricted font choice or the green screen or whatever you know they used for the the flying uh of the uh what do you call that thing a pterosaur blah 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 whatever it is the paraglider um and then this score it just this part didn't really sound authentic to me um but throughout the movie there are several moments that feel truly authentic like nash calling this one is awesome so good i really really love this track it is one of my favorites. Um, this is John, or not, uh, not John, Don Davis, doing what he does best is creating like his own version instead of just copying John Williams um, like he does throughout the rest of the score. This one is like basic, it's Nash calling. So at this point in the movie, the cell phone is ringing or getting, they're getting to that point where it rings in the stomach of the, um, the Spinosaurus, so they think it's Nash calling or something like that, but um, they get to this point where they, they hear that phone ringing and they're running through the forest and they're trying to find each other because they've been separated and, you know, Grant's with, with Eric and the Kirby's are, are together with Billy and um, let's fast forward to here so we can get to this part, but they hear that phone ring 
and then they all start running to each other. It's like a family celebration. This part, I love this part so, so much. It has that Jurassic feel, like you said, but it's new. It's something different. You get this family dynamic theme here. Oh, it's so good. I love this one so much. This is adventurous. Feels like family. I don't know. Don Davis really hit the nail on the head with this one. It's so perfect for me. I don't know how to describe it, what it feels like to me, but I don't know if it's like got that 90s vibe because a lot of scores for me in the 90s, you know, there are family movies and, and, and kids movies and stuff like that. And this has that vibe to it. Very 90s feeling, even though this was, you know, a 2001 movie, it just has that feeling for me. And um, I don't feel like we get a lot of scores like that anymore, actually. Not even Jurassic World. It doesn't even capture that 90s vibe. Um, recently, Ready Player One came out, and that score has that 90s vibe, probably on purpose because it's trying to capture nostalgia and all that. Um, and Alan Silvestri created a lot of, or, you know, kind of recreated a lot of the past and stuff like that. So maybe that's why it kind of has a familiar vibe. Um, but yeah, so that's m one of my picks. Actually, this next one here. Um, Bone Man Ben. This is very original. And different. Something very different. It's, again, kind of adventurous. It's You, you can feel them, like, traversing or doing something. It, it just it, You can hear and feel this music all at the same time. I love it. And it's so different, right? It doesn't really sound like much... There's maybe a moment in Jurassic Park that sounds somewhat similar, like when they're, I think, in in the Jeeps, maybe, going back to the Visitor Center. Kind of has a vibe like that, maybe. But it's just, it's, it is a good track. That one I do like a lot. Um, and then you asked also, what is my favorite cue from, or theme from Jurassic World? And, I mean, we just talked about this one, but 9 to Survival Job. Just listen to how it starts. It's so beautiful, right? I don't know. I love this one so, so much. More than any of the other moments on the score. I used to, like, uh, you know, kind of put... Um, Chasing the Dragons on top because it was adventurous and fun and, and all that stuff. But then I kind of started to love this one a lot more and a lot. I'm, I'm not even, it's not even anywhere close anymore. It encompasses so much of the score. It's got this family theme. Um, and that, you know, obviously these movies are all about family. And um, this is one of the best moments for me. And it's at the end of the movie. So all the family is coming together at the end. Everybody's safe in the um, hangar or wherever they are at the end of that movie with everybody's like uh, getting, uh, you know, fixed up from their injuries and all that. Everybody's kind of sleeping on cots. And um, Zach and Gray's parents show up and, and the family's like reunited. And Claire and Owen are together at this point. And... Um, Maybe that's short-lived, depending on what we see next in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But still, it's it's everybody's coming together, and it's a good feeling. It's happy. 
and you get this really slow transition. I love this. <laughs> Much better than the live version. And this is, they're kind of talking about what they're going to do. They're going to have to stick together for survival and all that. And then eventually we, we kind of transition to like wide shots of the island and, and, uh, oh man, just seeing kind of the island in collapse at this point and the T-Rex, oh, it's so, so good. And, and it, you, you hear the wrecks come into this music too, right? You hear the, the footsteps right here and it's just like the tambourine and all that. It's so good. I love it. And then, as you're analyzing this music, you're like, there is nothing else that this this song could do except be at the end of a movie with this kind of ending, right? So triumphant. So good. You can hear the Rex roaring. Like, it's not happening, but you can hear it. And you can see the movie end. It, it just perfectly describes... Uh, that movie in, in a nutshell. It's so good. And we're going to talk about endings in a little bit. Um, but I do want to get back to his voicemails. So um, might as well play. What is this? Why is there static? Hello? What is happening? Why is this always happening to me? Brad, Brad, are you there? Yeah. I, um... I'm here. Oh, Who is gosh. this? I, I... Um, don't really know how much I can say right now, but there is something really big going on over on Twitter at the moment. Oh, There's oh yeah? a lot of different teases, and they appear to be for some kind of Jurassic-related music Feedback. project for the Jurassic Park 25th nope. anniversary. I'm not entirely sure how much I can share, but I know there's loads and loads of cool stuff going on behind the scenes. And it looks like it's going to be something really, really cool. I don't know if you've heard anything about it or not, but it might be worth touching on it. It looks like it's going to be epic. Um, I'd advise people to stay tuned to Twitter. And, uh, oh, God, God, Tom. come on, work, work. Whoa, oh, man, no, I'm losing the signal, bro. Tom, what are you doing? Wait, where'd you go, dude? Hey, man. You interrupt like that and then just fade away. All right, I guess. I guess I'm here by myself. Uh, uh, talking to myself. That's, you know, chaos. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what is going on, but my feed keeps getting interrupted week after week. Every time I do a mailbag type segment, somebody's cutting in. Tom, Victoria, you guys. What is up with your feeds? You're just crossing the signals. But Tom, what were you talking about? You were talking about some awesome stuff going on on Twitter right now. Um, some some teasing of some cool projects. Maybe having to do with music. I, I've seen a lot of images and I've shared some of them uh, with music notes. It looks like a fossil of a music note. Um there was one that maybe looked like it was like in amber or something like that or in infinity stone, I think. Um, but I'm getting some good vibes here, guys. There's a few guys sharing this. Um, so keep your eye out. It's going to be an awesome project. If you head on the Twitter, look out for Daryl Lynn. You can also find Caleb Burnett and Tom Fishenden. He's out there. That guy's out there apparently, you know, hijacking feeds and whatnot. Find these guys. See what they're up to. They got some stuff going on. Some stuff's brewing. 
Um, but yeah, so I don't know what it's about, or maybe I have some ideas, but uh, I'm not going to give them away here, so you're just going to have to wait and find out, but we do have more. Like I was trying to say before Tom cut in, we have another uh, voicemail here from Fede. This is his last one, so he's not going to annoy you guys anymore. This is it. This is the last one, so let's take a listen. Hi, Brad. Uh, very last question. <laughs> and... What do you expect from the Fallen Kingdom score, especially given uh, Bayona's previous film? Because, uh, okay, uh, he used uh, Fernando Velázquez uh, to compose his uh, previous film scores, and uh, it was very emotional. Uh, they, they were very emotional scores. So, do you think Michael Giacchino's uh, score for Fallen Kingdom will be also very emotional, and uh, also because of? You know the volcano fury and the, the destruction of fallen kingdom you know so it might have the chance to be very emotional what what do you think about this and the very last thing and um, do you think this theme this version of the theme of the main jurassic park theme could be used in fallen kingdom this one in jurassic park Scary in the dark. <laughs> I'm so scared that I'll be eaten. Okay, this might be used <laughs> in Fallen Kingdom. Thank you very much. I hope that's used, man. I could just see him. You know, he's sitting in that courtroom and they're test they're quizzing him. You know, they're like, hey man, what do you think? What's going on with this island? What should we do? Should we destroy all these dinosaurs? Should we save them? And then he just starts singing that. That would be perfect, right? I mean, there's no other way that movie should go, obviously. Um, but what you're hearing uh, underneath this, hopefully, as long as everything's going smoothly, is uh, the the main title from The Impossible, um, which is a super emotional movie from Bayona, um, Fernando Velasquez, and also um, it, it speaks to that movie. I've seen the movie; it's super emotional, like I said, and. You know, Bayona has has a trend of, of being very emotional and scary and, and all this stuff. So how much of this is going to transfer over, you know, how much of his vision will transfer over uh, from a script written by Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly? Um, will it be his own vision or will it be conformed to what they've already created? Um, from what we've seen, it, it, it seems very Jurassic World-like. Um, there's a few moments where it sh it certainly looks terrifying. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to look Jurassic World, but be infused with, you know, a lot of uh, Bayona's qualities. Um, as far as the scores go, I mean, we obviously have a different composer, Michael Giacchino. And I don't know. I mean, he creates some really emotional stuff. Um, that nine to survival job track is very emotional for me. I, I just love it. Obviously, I was just speaking very highly of it. Um, but this, listen to this, it's so emotional, and and it's it's perfect for that movie. Um, will this work? This kind of music work in Fallen Kingdom? Maybe I could see something like this for you know the destruction of the island. And I've always kind of said that with a lot of people on the podcast and uh, on a lot of episodes is that. Um, I feel like, you know, if you're going to show Nublar being destroyed, it should be not bombastic or, or crazy or 
you know, all that that stuff I talked about with Don Davis and how how much he copied John Williams. I feel like it should be emotional and soft and um, kind of the inverse of what you would think would happen uh, with a moment like that. I think that would be the most um, impactful for me and especially very sad because because it's a place we've seen for so many years now and obviously only two films but we still have that connection with it you know for the past 25 years um and it would be very somber and sad and just seeing it be destroyed like that and it just from the moments in the trailer i've already been sad seeing all that stuff go down and the deaths of all these dinosaurs and 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 stuff it's very emotional so i hope that uh, michael giacchino uses stuff like that i mean he's very capable of it he's an amazing composer so i don't really doubt that he'll do that um we do have a little bit of audio that we have played before. Um, we do know a little bit of what it'll sound like, sort of. I mean, the few cues that we've heard so far. Um, let's see. This is basically what we've heard from Jurassic World, right? I like to call this one as the Fallen Kingdom turns, right? I mean, it kind of it kind of works because... It's as, as the Jurassic World turns, right? It's the same thing. It's got a bit of different information in there laid in. You can hear different, um, you know, um, I don't know what that is. The cello or something, like plucking, doom, doom, doom. And you hear different um, notes in the background with, like, the trumpets and whatnot. Um, and then it just it somberly goes down here and transitions into uh, the Jurassic Park uh, motif here that we've heard before and it did this in Jurassic World I, I talked all about these songs that are that were released on Twitter uh, and other social medias um, from Bayona and um, Giacchino while they're in the studio recording so this is all live recorded but it's stuff we've heard before slightly different obviously but it's it's a new take on stuff that we've already heard from Jurassic World so it just makes me wonder like how does it come into play? So that, I'm not too sure. I mean, we heard it previously as they're traversing the island and showing off the park. We we were in a helicopter. We were with the kids as they're going to the park and all that stuff. So um, I don't know how it's going to be used. Maybe in a similar fashion? I mean, we saw Owen in a plane, but he was very sad looking. He didn't look happy really too much so i don't feel like that would work so maybe it's used somewhere else we do have uh this this is a very um emotional piece right i mean it's it's something that we've already heard before too we heard this in the visitor center this is a track that was unreleased it's called ye old visitor center and maybe i'm i'm wondering I don't know if we'll revisit the Visitor Center or not, but maybe we're going to go back into the Innovation Center. I mean, we saw it in the trailer, so maybe this could be ye old Innovation Center. You know, just kind of a, a play on the uh, the old track. Kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if that works, though, because they're using this, this Jurassic Park theme here. Very slow. Um, and I think this is the difference between this track... And Ye Old Visitor Center. So let me see. I might be able to bring that one up too. But it's very... I think it's a bit slower than that one. 
Oh, yeah. They'll get into it, trust me. I think. Coming up. Come on, guys. Play the notes. No, that's the thing. I forgot. It's unresolved. Oh. That, like, hurts me musically. Oh, man. that I don't know if you guys feel that, but, like, when I listen to music and it's, like, unresolved, it, there's there's no, you know, conclusion to that. Oh, man. listen. Let's listen to that moment again because going back here, you get that. Um, let's play it again a little bit farther. So there should be that continuation. Sorry, terrible singing, I know. But we don't get it. It's so unresolved and it like, it just, I feel, I feel wrong. I feel like it needs to resolve. So that's kind of interesting. That's a, a very interesting part because the stuff that happens musically pertains to what happens in the film. So um, going back, let me see if I can bring that up real quick. Um, Ye old Visitor Center. Um, here it is. So it is, a, I think it's a few, a little bit into the song. Basically, the same thing happens. Right? It's it's pretty much identical. It's got the the uh, old theme again. But this one's much faster a little bit, right? It's not as like half-timed as the uh, other one was. And then we're going to hear what I mean by this one resolves slightly. You know, it's still scary and ominous and and creepy you know it's got that kind of vibe to it but it resolves right here see it doesn't that feel better my god that feels so much better just you know what comes next and when they didn't play it it just felt wrong and I'm not saying like they did a bad job I'm just saying like that's musically like the thematic element that they're trying to put into that movie is that it's unresolved or something like that. So that's certainly emotional. And I just went on a really long tangent about that. Um, but that's what I mean. I mean, it, it's emotional. So I wonder how that's going to play into the new movie. And then we have this new track, um, which is brand new. Remember, our guys, I talked about um, it really sounds like the end. Or what, what part is that? Go back here. Let's listen to that. Let's, I'm going to try to compare this. I don't have this, all, this stuff all up at the moment. I'm kind of doing this on the on the fly. So let's listen to this again. All right. So remember that because I want to bring it up. Hmm. I have a different version of the score here. Let's see if I can... I think it's in this one. It should be. So in this part in Jurassic World, you know, Claire ha is going to get the, the Rex and all that. And it's she's running. 
And she's got the flare in her hand, and it's all slow motion. She's got the heels, thankfully. And eventually, the Rex kind of smashes through the, the Spinosaurus skeleton. And uh, this is what happens. So let's see if we can compare this. I want to see if it actually sounds like it. Right here, ready? This is what I'm getting from that moment at the beginning of this, right here. Right? Let's see if I'm crazy. Let's go back here. Doesn't it sound very similar? Go back again. It has that triumph, so something good happens, and then it comes down. So I wonder how that relates. But the other one's still playing in the background, so let's listen to this. Interesting. Man, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like it relates to much of anything. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, I don't know. I, I do get slight, I don't know what even want to really say it too much, but slight like Lost World vibes, but uh, I don't even know if I can compare it to that at all. Um, not really. I don't know. It sounds new, and it sounds like a cliffhanger, right? That's what I was talking about before. We get this very cliffhangery moment, and especially because they said something like um, in the tweet that it was like, what a way to end the movie, just like this. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds very cliffhangery. And the part before that, a lot of people have been um, kind of, I guess, comparing to Jaws. I don't know. I don't really think so, per se. I mean, we can take a listen to Jaws and see what we hear there. Um, oh, we got an ad here. Let's skip that. But um, I get I get why people are saying that, so maybe there is something to it. See, Jaws is very distinct, though, in that the beginning part. Obviously, it's just this part. It's very distinct with its... It's just two notes, right? This one is not as distinct. I actually think it's more so one note in the background that's going, burm, burm. <laughs> excuse my terrible recreations, but that's what I think it's doing. With like a clarinet or something on top of it going. Very, very great recreation, wasn't it? Didn't I sound spot on? Um, 
so I don't really feel like it sounds too much like this. Sort of, but I think it could be invoking the same thing. Because what is this theme used for? They use this whenever the shark is around. Um, whenever the shark's about to attack and you, you know it's there, but you're not necessarily seeing it. Um, so I feel like that could be what's going to happen here. You know, you know a dinosaur is around and you know it's coming. But you don't necessarily see it or, or something like that. I don't know. But um, and if, if something along those lines happens and it's getting faster, just like it does with Jaws. You know? And then something happens here. Oh. Something really dissonant. Man. Sounds really messed up there. Like, something bad. Something really nasty. So, I don't know. If that is a cliffhanger, it doesn't sound too good to me. Like, it doesn't sound like a, a good ending. It sounds kind of scary. Um... Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I got for you guys today. I don't know. I hope I um, answered all your questions correctly or uh, up to your your hopes there, Fede. Um, and I loved it, man. I was not annoyed. I, I don't think anybody else was annoyed. You brought up some great points and, and some great questions there. So, Fede, keep sending stuff in, and we're going to keep trying to get you on here because it's worth it because you brought up some great stuff. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this special one for Thursday. I don't usually get to do all these bonus episodes on Thursdays all the time, but um, – since we're doing them, I might as well throw one in here and there. And I did not expect it to be 50 minutes, but it is. So I just talked on the fly for 50 minutes. There we go. Good job. Thank you. I'm congratulating myself now. I really feel like Ian Malcolm. This is perfect. Um, but guys, go to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. Find all our stuff on there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we've been doing a lot of stuff over there from the the toy line we've been going out on toy hunts uh looking at stuffs in the uh, the stuffs that's not a word stuff in the boxes um we're going to be unwrapping them and unboxing them all pretty soon so stay tuned for that uh hopefully maybe even some more toy hunts and as we're getting closer to the official release of these toys i don't know when you're listening to this but april 16th is the official date the official street date, so head out to all your Targets and Walmarts and all that stuff. We're going to be doing the same. It's going to be a really fun time. Hopefully these stores are stocked well because right now it's been up in the air. Nobody really knows. Some stores have it. Some stores don't, but April 16th is the official date. So like I said, keep checking our YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast on um, iTunes, Google Play, um, all those places where you can find your podcasts on your phone, your, your computer, wherever. Um, and guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's been great. Enjoy. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.